We've been doing a great series on breaking free. And if you need to know anything about the series, that the different things that have been spoken about over the coming weeks, why don't you just go to our website, scroll down and you'll see Watch On Demand and just get those messages up because uh, there've been some great messages preached and God, great truths from God's word. And we don't want you to miss out. But today... I want to continue on with our church's theme for this year, which is Restore, which comes from Joel 2, verses 25 to 29. And one of the main things we want to point out is, and it says, I will restore to you. That's one of our themes. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And the two things with our theme this year from Restore is, I will restore to you and I will pour out my spirit. So today I want to speak about breaking free. God wants to restore your identity. The first point is, get your story straight. When you think about yourself, is your identity, is it, is it tied up in what you do? Is it tied up in your profession? Like if someone said, you don't have your job tomorrow, could you cope? Could you really cope? Because that's where sometimes we get a lot of our value from. By the way people talk, human identity, human seems to be based on what you do, not who you belong to. Can I encourage you? Don't let anything but Christ define your identity. No job or position, no title, no boyfriend, no partner, nothing. And unfortunately, I've seen it happen so many times over over the years in people's lives. Overnight, those sort of things can change, can happen so unexpectedly, and they're taken away from you when you least expect it. And if your identity is defined by them, then you'll feel like you're left with nothing. And I know it is good to grieve because God, part of God is uh, our personality of God and what our DNA of God is that we value and place worth on things. So there's a time for grieving and there's nothing wrong with that. It's important that you actually do it. But it can never take the priority of what is your identity in God and who is most important. God has to be your more than enough. He has got to be your more than enough. When you allow Christ to divine you as a child of God and all that comes with that and all that you entails, your inheritance, everything for now and in the future, then that, when that is your reference point or that is your foundation, you don't have to worry what is coming your way. Because as Romans chapter 8, verse 38 tells us, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today nor worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. How powerful is that? Your identity doesn't depend on something you have, that you do or that you've done. 
Your true identity is who God says you are. And he didn't create us all to be identical. He's put so much creativity into each individual and he wants to bring that out in you. If you keep comparing yourself to someone else, you'll never appreciate and value all that God has put in you. You'll end up blocking what God wants to do and bring out through your life because you're focusing on someone else and what and something that you are not created to be. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this, that who, he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I sometimes think that people care more about what others think of them than what God thinks of them. And when you think like that, you'll always live to the, to the demands of the world. It's like you've got a foot in both worlds. You say, oh, he is Lord, you are Lord. But unintentionally, you may not realize it, the real Lord in your life is the world, its standards and its opinions. Colossians 2 verse 10 says, so you have everything when you have Christ. So you have everything when you have Christ and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every power. In the New King James, it says, you are complete in him. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart and begin a relationship with him, living with him and his purposes, you take his name. You are now part of God's family. You are his child. You need to call it as God sees it. In 1 John 3 verse 1, it says, See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart, it's the day you give Him all of you and receive all of Him in exchange. And I can bet you there's more with Him than what we've got. You became one with Jesus and part of His family. Satan the devil wants us more interested in what we do than who we are as individuals because he knows that once we realize who we are and who we belong to, we will live and act differently and we'll live in real freedom and the power that comes from God. So maybe you need to start changing what you say when you are asked, I am God's child. When people ask you, you say, I am God's child. You are doing life together with him. Couldn't be better. For someone listening today, God wants you to break free from how you have viewed yourself and how you, what you have relied on for your security. God wants you to change how you view yourself and what you have relied on for your security. God wants to restore your true identity, the one you have with him, that you belong to him and nothing else. The second thing this morning is don't settle for a second-rate identity. DNA is an acid in the chromosomes in the center of the cells of living things. DNA determines the particular structure and functions of every cell and is responsible for the characteristics being passed from parents to their children. That being the case, I would like to have God's DNA in my life, and that's for sure. If he's passing from parents to children and I am his child, I want his DNA. Ephesians 1 verse 11 says, 
It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we heard, sorry, long before we heard of Christ, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and everyone. I love that. Long before we even knew about Him, Christ had His eyes, designs on us. Let's look at the life of Meshivasheth. Meshivasheth, sorry, Mephibosheth. I've practiced and practiced this and you don't know how many times in this next illustration that word comes up. So we're going to look at his life in 2 Samuel verse 9. And Mephibosheth was the grandson of King Saul and the son of Jonathan, who had been a close covenant friend of David. Jonathan and his father Saul, they had both been killed in battle and now David was the king. And in ancient Israel, when two people entered into a covenant relationship, everything of them, everything each of them, sorry, everything each of them possessed was made available to the other. The covenant relationship also meant that they would help one another, fight for one another, do anything necessary to meet each other's needs. And because of the covenant relationship David had with Jonathan, Mephibosheth, in 2 Samuel 9 verse 1, we see David had a desire to bless someone in Saul's family for Jonathan's sake. We find that Mephibosheth is living in a place of poverty. Now notice who Mephibosheth is. He is the king's grandson. So why should he be living in a place of poverty? Why hadn't he come to the palace demanding his rights and privileges as an heir of King Saul? He was King Saul's grandson. Not to mention his rights and privileges as the son of Jonathan, who had a covenant relationship with the present king, David. He knew that the covenant between his father, Jonathan, and David the king extended to children and their heirs. So why is he living in a place of poverty? You see, Mephibosheth, looked at his circumstances, not who he was, whose he was. He looked at his circumstances. And how many of you fall into that same trap today? If you've asked Jesus into your heart, why are you looking at your circumstances instead of whose you are? When Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle, Mephibosheth's nurse ran from the palace with him in her arm, with, with him in her arms, fearing David might take vengeance on the boy because of the dreadful way King Saul had treated David. And during their escape, Mephibosheth fell and was crippled in his legs as a result. King David sent for Mephibosheth and looked at the interaction. And let's see the interaction between the two in 2 Samuel 9 verses 6 to 8. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed to pay him honour. David said, Mephibosheth, your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? How do you get from being the grandson of a king 
to calling yourself a dead dog. Mephibosheth had looked only at his circumstances instead of whose he was, and it took him to a place of poverty. He settled for a second-rate identity. David knew who Mephibosheth was and blessed and honoured him the rest of his life. Don't settle for a second-rate identity. When we have asked Jesus into our life, we are who we are because of Christ and not anything else. Acts 17 verse 28 says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. God wants to restore your identity. And the final thing is, God never writes you off. Identity is different from your reputation. Your identity is who you belong to. Your reputation is the beliefs or opinions that are generally held about what you do. Every one of us can have a good or a bad reputation. If we don't watch it, our pride can get tied up in our reputation, particularly if you have worked hard in a specific area over a period of time. And let's not kid ourselves, that's not important to us. But when something happens and all that we have worked for, all that we do is taken away from us, our identity, who we, in, who we are in Christ has got to be enough. Philippians 2 verses 5 to 9 says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling for. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. In the New King James, it says, He made himself of no reputation. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above every other name. When life circumstances change or the direction of your life is changing or you actually have made some bad decisions, you may grieve or you may be writing yourself off, but God never ever, ever write you off. I remember as a prison chaplain, I would quite often tell the inmates, you are not your crime. You have worth and you are so loved by God in spite of what you have done. God simply does not give up on you. Someone needs to hear that today. God has not given up on you. Many of you will know the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And for those who don't, Joseph is given a dream, tells his brothers who are pipped off with him because of what he tells them and then they sell him into slavery. Finally, he finds favour with a boss and his boss's wife frames him for sexual assault on her. Off he goes to prison and spends many years for a crime he never committed, but God is always with him and his favour is on him. He finally gets out of prison after revealing the meaning of another dream. It's funny, he gets into prison with a dream and gets out of prison with a dream. And someone else, a dream that someone else has given him and is given the position of great power and influence in the nation. And that is a real fast, quick cap. (laughs) Many years later, the brothers that sold him into slavery come before Joseph. They are shocked when he reveals who he is. Their brother, their relationship is restored. 
I read this sentence recently by Pastor Michael Maiden from the USA, and I felt like God asked me to keep it specifically for today because someone very much needs to hear this and take it to heart. He said, God is about to repackage and reintroduce you to those who wrote you off and gave up on you. God is about to repackage and reintroduce you to those who wrote you off and who gave up on you. Someone needs to hear that today and take it to heart. It's a word from God for you. Joseph's brothers wrote him off, but God repackaged him and reintroduced him to them many years later. There was a lot of tears, but there was a lot of celebration also. Don't let your circumstances, as bitter as they may be at present, write you off. Stay true to God, having your identity firmly planted in Him. Things will eventually change. God never writes you off. He wants to restore your identity. It is interesting that one of the recurring things that keeps coming back when it comes to your identity is looking at self and what we've achieved and leaving God out of the picture. We will never be truly free in life until we know and have a relationship with the only one who can set us free, God. He wants to restore your identity to be part of His family. It's because of our desire to please self that we end up in all kinds of mess in life, sinning along the way. And we just, the very, it's the very thing that separates us from God. We feel it separates us from God, but God has never separated us. We are not separate from His love. But God's love for you is greater than any mess you can get yourself into and bigger than any failure you have ever made. You're just not that powerful. God is more powerful than any mess you have ever made in life or anything you've done wrong. And God longs to be in relationship with you. He wants to be part of your life and He can show you how to truly break free and live with the identity that always He's had for you. God wants to restore your identity and all that comes with being His child. When Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine, He was resurrected on the third day back to life and it proved that nothing can stay bound when you have Jesus in your life. He longs to be in relationship with you today and forever. And he asks you to take that step and ask him into your heart and decide to follow him. Not just for today, but for eternity. Because the choice is going to be hell otherwise, literally and figuratively.